Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go together to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We are not the same lesson that we were on Wednesday, but we will return to that. I'm not through with the exceeding greatness of his power, but I had a direction that the Lord had placed in my heart, begin preparing us because of the necessity for us to be uh, people who are built on the Word, but flowing in the Spirit. Word and Spirit. Word and Spirit. And so here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to look at verses 4 and 5. It says in verse 4, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the power of God. So he says, my my speech and my preaching was in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Hallelujah. My, My speech and my preaching was in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. So we want to have the flow of the word and we want to have the the liberty of the spirit. Hallelujah. This importance of the word and the spirit is in line with the day we're living in. We are in the last of the last days. We are not in a time uh, where we have a lot of excess, extra um, twiddle of the thumbs. Just sit back and wait and everybody can just be on idle and everybody can just be focused on their own interest or their own. This is a time that is... is um, specific. It is uh, laser focused for what God is doing in the kingdom. And this is a time for you and I to be aware of what he has already spoken to us. Do you remember when on the road to Emmaus they were talking and Jesus came up and started walking with them and they didn't even recognize him and he finally came to the point and and said, was it not necessary that the Christ would suffer these things? And he began to re-preach. And you know, when the women came to the, the sepulcher and they didn't find his body there and the angel said, why are you looking for the living 
among the dead. Don't you remember what he said to you? And the angel re-preached what Jesus said. Pastor was talking recently about the divine reminder. That the Holy Spirit is the divine reminder. And he brings to you things that the, that's already been told to you. Things that he's already revealed to you. But sometimes we let some things slip. And here's what I found out. I can, I can be in a certain place in the spirit. I can be amped up spiritually or really sensitive or awake spiritually, so to speak. And I can, I can think, I'm never going to forget this. I will always remember this. And then, you know, two days later, what was that scripture? Where was that? I was so excited when I read that in my devotional time. Anybody else? I see nods all throughout. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Or the Lord wake you up and tell you something and you think it is just like verberating throughout your... You're just like, I'm never going to forget this. And in the morning, what was that? How did he say that? Because... That's your spirit can catch things. Your spirit can hear things. And then you think because you're so spiritually aware at that moment that it's with you forever. And then when you get over back into the natural, then it's not as aware. So what we've got to discipline ourselves is to live over in that place where we stay sensitive, we stay aware, and... We write it down, bring it to our remembrance, and then let the Holy Spirit help us in reminding us of things that he said. When when we were coming out of debt, when Pastor Philip and I, Pastor Steele and I were coming out of debt, we had taken, I think it was like nine months, we had been standing on scripture. We had written out our list of debt. We talked to that every day. I mean, we talked rough to it. We talked ugly to it. You listen to me, you debt, you're getting out of my life. I, God is, brings out those who are bound with chains. I'm coming out of debt. And, uh, and I would speak to it on the floor and I'd stand on it and dominate. And you, you get out of my life, this debt. Yeah. And so, you know, we were building our faith about coming out of debt. We were believing for it. And we had also done in the natural things, uh, cut up the credit cards, uh, sold some things that we were making payments on. Even one of them it was a vehicle that we owed more than it would sell at Blue Book. We got Blue Book value for it and still owed a few thousand dollars after. But we were willing to do what was needed to get out of the debt. So we sold that and went down to the one vehicle and we were taking the steps in the natural and we had it down to $23,000 and a a large part of that was uh, college loans that we had taken out for our first child. And so Sally Mae, we we talked rough to Sally Mae. We we were not kind, not to the people on the phone. I'm just talking about to the bill that was in my hand. We were nice to people on the phone. To the bill in my hand, I would say, you listen to me, I'm talking to you. (laughs) So we were down to $23,000. And a lot of you have heard my testimony. When I got to that certain place, I knew, I knew, I just had this, it was like a fullness of faith, a fullness of faith. This is going to happen any day. It's going to happen any day. And it was January, and we were going to the minister's conference at Brother Copeland's ministry. And I said, I'm going to take this list of debt with me every day into the sanctuary because you know the kind of people we run with. They could at any time stand up and say, if you've got all your debt listed, I'll pay it off. 
One day I was going in and we had parked like way out in the parking lot. It's a big, huge parking lot. I got up to the door and I said, I got to go back and get my list. I, I'm taking my list with me. I'd left it in the car. I turned around and walked the whole way back to the car to get that list because I was so convinced it was going to be paid off any day. Well, we got back from that uh, meeting and someone texted uh, Pastor Steele and said, how much money are you believing for? And of course, we had it on the list. To hesitate, he said 23000 and get the, you know, the small uh, uh, extra, 23196 or something like that. And so that night, I got up that morning, 23000 plus in debt. And I went to bed that night debt free. Hallelujah. Debt free. Well... I was so excited because we had done that by faith and we had walked it through and we had spoken to it every day and we'd really given our focus and built our faith about it. But I went back and, and a, few, a few weeks later, I was looking back through one of my journals and I came across a dream that I had had just a few weeks before that day had happened. And in my dream... I wrote my dream down. I got up in the morning. It was such one of those divine dreams. I knew it was from God. So I got up and I wrote it down. And in my dream, I walked into a room and a minister uh, who I knew slid a blank check across the table. And there were other people and they were also ha handing out blank checks to them. And they were all writing their check for $500. And I looked at the minister and I said, can I write it for whatever I want? And he said, it's a blank check. Write it for whatever you want. And I wrote out the amount that we needed to pay off our debt. I woke up in the morning with that dream. And I'm like, okay. I totally forgot about that dream. I wrote it down. I was excited about it for a couple of days. But then when we got, God was telling me three weeks before he paid it off, I still sensed in my spirit, but I forgot what the Holy Spirit was showing me through that dream. If I had not written it down, I might have forgotten it altogether. Amen. It was such a... When I went back and read it, I was like, what is the matter with me? Why did I forget this? He was telling me just a few weeks before it happened, something that was getting ready to happen. He was excited about it and giving me little hints like, you're about to get something. <laughs> giving me the hints. And I totally blanked out about it. I, I had forgotten by the time it happened... I had forgotten about the dream, but I was glad I wrote it down. But I learned something from that. I've got to be more aware of his cues. I've got to be more aware of those things that he, he's prompting because a lot of times there are things that he will prompt us about or things that he will show us because he needs us to build our, our, our faith for it. He needs us to start saying it. He needs us to start expecting it. He needs us to start coming with our, our faith supply to that thing. So we need to have the, the help of the Spirit. So let's look at Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And so because we're born of God, because... He has given unto us His Spirit so that we can know the things that are freely given to us of God. That's what 1 Corinthians 2 says. 
He's given us, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, so that we may know the things that he has freely given to us. So we have the spirit of God. We've got to partner with him, and we've got to learn how to interact with him. Ephesians 5 talks about us living a lifestyle, a life that is spiritually full. Let's look at verse... um, Let's, let's look at verse 15, actually. Ephesians 5, 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. I don't use the word circumspectly. I don't think I've ever used that in a conversation. So can you help me with the amplified? Maybe the amplified could give us a, a little more... Um, because it's, it, it affects how we walk, right? It's supposed to how we walk. So since we don't use circumspectly very much, let's, let's give a definition. Let's amplify it and see what uh, circumspectly will, will bring for us. Look carefully then how you walk. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily. Oh, I like that. If I had just stuck with circumspectly, I would have been a little bit in the dark right there, right? I would have been a little muddy water. Uh-huh. Circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. Yeah. Come on, walk circumspectly. Well, how do I walk circumspectly? Purposefully. Uh-huh. Worthily. Yes. Worthily. How, what is spiritual worth? What is walking worthily where spiritual people are concerned? Worthy. Let's say I'm walking in line with the healing that's mine. I'm walking in line with the victory that's mine. Why? Because if he put it on the table, I've got it on my plate. If, if, it's on, if he thought enough to put it on the table, I'm going to put it on my plate and eat it. Right? If grandma slaved over all that food, don't look and say, well, I don't want that. You're going to taste some of it. Put some of that on your plate, right? So since he purchased my sin, or purchased me from sin, since he purchased my healing, since he purchased my victory, I'm going to walk worthy of that. I'm not going to leave any of that unreceived. It says accurately, not as unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. So we're talking about spiritual wisdom though, aren't we? So see then that you walk accurately. See then that you walk worthily. See then that you walk purposefully. Purposefully. There are a lot of things that you could watch when you get home from work or when you go home tonight that are not going to help you at all. There's a lot that you could watch that, that you're going to have to overcome with your faith just because you watched it. You're, there are some things, I mean, just commercials that you have to say, okay, I'm going to have to cast that down. I'm going to have to cast that down. So I've learned just to save myself the trouble and just mute it before they speak all their ugly unbelief into my ears. Right? Worthily, purposefully. But at the same time, there are things we need to be aware of that we're not going to be aware of if we're not hearing what the Spirit is saying to the church, if we're not listening to what God is, has already said is going to happen. 
And that's what I was talking about earlier. Jesus repeated to them what the prophets had already said about what the Christ must do. The angel repeated to those women what Jesus had already told them would happen on the third day. Why are you here on the third day? He already told you, don't come here on the third day because I will not be here. Where did he tell them? I'll meet you in Galilee. None of them were in Galilee. None of them were in Galilee. He told them, on the third day I'll rise again, I'll meet you in Galilee. I'll go before you into Galilee. And so the angels had to remind them, Jesus said he'd meet you in Galilee. Right? So there are things that the Spirit has said concerning the day that we're living in, and we need to be students of it. Someone recently sent me a few months ago, I, I think I shared when I first got it about it, a, a video of, of somebody who had a dream and this video had gone viral and it was like a destruction dream and God was going to do this and God was going to do that and, and said they, wanted, they were concerned about it because it, their cousin had gotten it and had gotten afraid by watching this. And so they sent it and said, what do you think? And I didn't even watch it. Someone had already come to me and said, I've heard about this vision going around, this dream going around, and, and it's supposed to be about this, and all of these you know, Christian leaders are trying to address it, and what the Spirit just in my heart just popped up, don't give your attention to that. I didn't tell you to listen to that. I, I, don't, need, why, I don't even need to, to examine it if it's not in line with the people who are trusted voices in my life, what they have already said, what they have said about these days has more weight with me than what random thing from some unknown person could come up and say. So what are some of the things? Well, let's take Joel. Does anybody have faith in what Joel by the Spirit received? Let's look at Joel and let's find out what, what it says here. Purposefully. And in the book of Joel, this is also that was used by the apostle Peter as he ministered on the day of Pentecost. But let's look here to see at Joel chapter 2. And let's begin in verse 21. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Now, I'm going to this, and we know that Joel was speaking at that time, but Peter used it for his day, and he said, this is that which was spoken of by Joel. Starting on the day of Pentecost, this is that which Joel was speaking of. Well, that was the beginning, but we're still in that. So he says, fear not, be glad and rejoice. So should we be fearing? What is the instruction of God for us every day? Serve the Lord with gladness. Be glad and rejoice. Why? The Lord will do great things. Are we supposed to be talking about the wars and the rumors of wars? Are we supposed to be giving our attention to the, the things going on, and all of the unrest, all of the deceit? Is that supposed to have our attention? If it does, what doesn't? Yeah. 
If our attention is on the drama of the world system, guess what our attention is not on? Because you can't be focused on both. Either we're focused on the great things the Lord is doing and we're focused on what the Spirit is saying to the church and we're focused on the miracle-working signs and wonders outpouring that God has spoken about for years that's about to take place right before our very eyes. Hallelujah. That's our focus. So he says, be glad, rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, the pastures of the wilderness do spring. The tree bears her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Zion is referring to the church. Be glad then, you children of God. And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Hallelujah. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. And it will come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. So this is our focus. This is our focus. The restoration of God. The supernatural supply of God. The pouring out of His Spirit. He said, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Hallelujah. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Hallelujah. But for us, what's for us? The outpouring of the Spirit, the life in the Spirit, the restoration. He said, you be glad and rejoice. You be glad and rejoice. So going back to Ephesians, live purpose. We are temporary residents here. We are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven with authority, delegated authority, Victory as, an, in, as our inheritance. Hallelujah. So he says, live circumspectly, purposefully, accurately, worthily. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Yeah. Well, just because the days are evil doesn't mean I have to submit, be, be victim to or troubled by what's going on there. That's not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, you're still an overcomer. In the kingdom, you're still more than a conqueror. In the kingdom, you still have supply. Hallelujah. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil, wherefore be not unwise, 
but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? Do you know the will of the Lord for your life? If you have a Bible, you have a book of His will. His will is not mystery. His will is not something that, that is uh, uh, unseeable, unreachable, un, uh, uh, unattainable. He says, I've given you my word and my word will perform my will. That's what Isaiah 55 says. My word will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, what I want, what I will. And so he in his book has told us the thoughts that he has towards us, the plans that he has for us. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are good and not evil, with an end worth looking forward to. That's the Michelle Steele version of that verse. An end and an expectation. And that means an end that I can bring my expectation to. So nothing that God has planned for your life is something that you should be afraid of. Nothing that God has planned for us is something that we should fear. It's something that we should, we should dread. But everything that He's planned for us is something that will put a smile on our face. That we can bring our expectation to it and say, God's got good plan for me. He's got great things in store for me. God is doing great things in my life, in my family, in my children. Amen? So this will of God... The understanding the will of God is understanding our place in Christ, understanding our position of victory, understanding the authority we have in Jesus' name, understanding His provision for us, understanding that God is able to keep in Goshen. I mean, He's able to protect us like He kept the the children of Israel in Goshen while the Egyptians had flies. There weren't flies in the houses in Goshen. While the Egyptians were stuck in their houses for three days because the darkness was so thick, they couldn't see their hand in front of their face. They couldn't get up and move through the house. There was light in the houses of the people of God in Goshen. God is able to keep us, though a thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, it shall not come near us. God's able to do that. He's able to do that. He's able to protect us. He's able to provide for us. He's able to make a way in the wilderness and open streams, rivers in the desert for us. Amen? So that's understanding the will of the Lord. Be understanding the will of the Lord for your life is not dictated by what's going on around you. It's not dictated by quarantines. It's not dictated by corona. It's not dictated by any of those things are not going to stop the will of God from happening in my life. God can bless me in the midst of the turmoil. He can provide for me in the midst of difficulty. He can bring the supply. He can bring the salvation because he's not limited. So understanding, don't be lacking unwise, but be understanding. Be understanding what the will of the Lord is and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled. But be filled with the Spirit. 
the Amplified uses the word stimulated. Be stimulated. So alcohol is used in the first part of this verse because it's a stimulant. That, that alcohol, it, it affects your attitude. You can be having a down day, not you, because you don't drink. But those people who drink, they, they, they will have a different attitude. Maybe they will be an angry drunk, or maybe they will be a sloppy drunk, or a ha- they change their attitude. Why? Because they're stimulated with something else. He says, I want you to be stimulated, but not with... I don't want you to be stimulated with the things of the world. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I want you to be stimulated uh, by the Spirit of God. I want you to be in the flow of the Spirit. That's what, what we're looking at, that sensitivity to the Spirit, that I am living full. So if you could be filled, could you be half filled? You be at a position where you're not quite as full as you once were. The fact that this word in the Amplified says ever be filled, the original language is a verb that is a present progressive. It would mean be being, be being filled. And that's a constant, be being. So when you get up in the morning, be being filled. And at lunchtime, be being filled. And at noon, be, at, at two, be being filled. At seven, be being filled. It, it's always progressing. It's always currently running. So a present progressive verb is she is running. He is speaking. It is playing. It, 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 what is to say right now, when I'm telling you this, it's happening. So he's telling this instruction, be being filled. Live full. Live full. Continue in a condition of fullness. Maintain a fullness of the Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I see four verbs there. Speaking, singing, giving thanks, and submitting. All of those are things that will help maintain your fullness. All of those will help you maintain a fullness. So being... When, it, when he's saying live in this condition of fullness, he's not just talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, while that is definitely a part of being filled. But he's talking about maintaining a supply of, of spiritual strength and a flow of the Holy Spirit himself in your life by doing what? Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, when you're doing that, you're engaging your spirit. Speaking to yourself. You're engaging your spirit. And it's possible for a believer, not you, but those other people. It's possible for a believer to go all day long and not engage their spirit. 
you have to, you have to discipline yourself to, to, to get up in the morning and look into your spirit. Get, get up in the morning and acknowledge God. Get up in the morning and, and recognize that, that spiritual part of me. You could get up and you could just go about your normal routine and never tap in, never, never, uh, never acknowledge, never lift the, the veil and, 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 and enter in. But the more that we enter in, the more that we stay connected, the more that we, we, we plug in to that spiritual flow, then the greater light we're going to have throughout the day. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord. Now I'm, I'm fellowshipping with Him all throughout the day. Fellowshipping all throughout the day. Hallelujah. Is there strength in that? I, I want to share a uh, testimony that Lynn Hammond uh, wrote about in one of her books that I have. She said that she interviewed a person who was a prisoner of war in Tibet. And it was a very, very, very difficult uh, uh, time in this prison camp. They were not fed food that would have kept and most of the people died from starvation because they gave them uh, rotten bread and water and they were it was a work camp so they were being forced to work and not being fed and very poor conditions and surprisingly this person survived until they were freed and she asked this this person how did you survive? Because they weren't allowed to have a Bible. You know, they weren't allowed to, to have uh, uh, access to, to, you know, devotionals or a way to worship God. And they said, every day the Holy Spirit would give me a song. Every day the Holy Spirit would give me a song and I would sing that song all day long. At, at the next day, it would be, he would give me a different song. The next day, he would give me a different song, and I would sing that song all day long. Hallelujah. That fellowship, that communing with God in the heart throughout the day supplied that person physical strength and nutrition that wasn't available in the natural and that person said, after I was released from that prison camp, the song ceased. It was a supply of God, a supernatural supply. But that supply is available to all of us in our spirit. Just, just connecting with Him and communing with Him. So it says that speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving of thanks is one of the most overlooked weapons that we have in our arsenal. I, I think it is the one that most people think is, is not as powerful. They, they don't realize the importance and the, the, the strength in developing a lifestyle of thanksgiving, a lifestyle of gratitude. Hallelujah. 
one uh, conversation that Keith Moore had with the Lord. The Lord said, do you want to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? Think about that question. Do you want to know how to increase your capacity? Because, you know, God's capacity to give is, is greater than our capacity to receive. So when we encounter situations where we need more, but we're not able to receive more because our capacity has limited us. If you, if you come up, if, let's say, for instance, you know, they've got uh, uh, areas in uh, Louisiana that are, their water's not working. You know, it was hit by the hurricane. And so let's say that they bring a supply of water and they say everybody in the community can come and get as much water out of our water tanks as you need. And one person pulls up and that person has one of those uh, uh, huge cattle tanks. And they say, yeah, we'll give you as much as you can hold, as much as you can carry, we'll give it to you. And another person pulls up and they, they have some five-gallon buckets. And they say, if that's what you've got, we'll fill it up. And then here comes the person with their big gulp. Fill up my big gulp. Is that all you want? That's all I can carry. It's the only container I have. Well, it's not because favoritism that the person with the cattle tank is getting more money, more water. It's not because they favored them. It's not because that they were, you know, uh, uh, had any other opportunity other than they had a greater capacity to carry the water. So giving of thanks increases. Can we see scripture for it? Was there 10? Were there 10 lepers who were cleansed? But did you recognize one came back and he was made whole? Ten weren't made whole. Ten got cleansed of the leprosy, but one came back and Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. So if he lost any fingers, if he lost his nose or an ear because of that leprosy, all the money he lost because he hadn't been able to work, all the things he had to give up because he'd been out in the leper colony, he was made whole. He was made whole. Nine weren't made whole. Nine were, all ten were cleansed, but one of the ten had a greater capacity to receive than the others. And when he came back, thank you! When he came back, gratitude pouring out of his heart, he was able to access something that the others, he had a greater capacity to receive. And so it says, giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourself one to another. Submitting. This is talking about walking in love. That's talking about, uh, about that uh, loving one another and recognizing and treating each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Knowing no man after the flesh. Knowing, not looking at you uh, from the natural perspective, but seeing each other as children of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ. So he says these things are part of us maintaining our fullness. These things are part of us maintaining our fullness. Now, I do want to another aspect. Hmm. 
1 Corinthians chapter 14. Things that help us to maintain a spiritual sensitivity, a spiritual awareness. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's begin in verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Follow after charity. Let's back up and talk about the church at Corinth for just a minute. The church at Corinth, they had a lot of spiritual activity, but they were not rooted and grounded in love. And they had spiritual activity that was causing a confusion in the church because it wasn't being done out of a heart of love. It wasn't based on the motive of love. And so he goes through chapter 12 and he talks about spiritual gifts. He goes through and lists these spiritual gifts. Can we look at them? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Now, every man, let's qualify every man with verse 1 of this chapter. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. So this would not be unsaved people. The manifestation of the gifts is available to every believer, but not every person alive on the planet, right? So we're talking about brothers in Christ, born-again people. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. There's profit in the manifestation of the Spirit. There is a profit for those who are receiving when the Spirit of God is able to have His way in a service when he's able to minister supernaturally through gifts of the Spirit, there's profit. And this phrase also means to have something to participate with. It says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to, to have something to bring, to have a part to play, to have a, a spiritual supply. Every one of us has a spiritual supply that affects the flow of the service. And what God is doing in these last days, He's doing in the local church. What the, the Spirit of the Lord is doing in the last days, He's doing in the local church. It's not going to be the big auditorium. It's not going to be the great conferences. It's going to be the local churches flowing with the Spirit of God. And Brother Hagin said, you can mark and identify a strong local church by their ability to flow with the Spirit of God. A strong local church is one who learns to move in unison with the Spirit of God. And so what we are learning tonight is going to profit us because the more we are yielded to His leadings and promptings in the services, the more we come prepared to bring a supply and receive a supply in the services, the greater we are going to have effectiveness in His flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has a design for every service. He has a specific plan for every service. And He doesn't plan for them to all look the same. 
There are some services that there, there, there are manifestations and it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same thing. And a lot of times people get into a rut because they did something to, they, they think that if I do what we did the last time that made the spirit move that way, then I, we can have that every time. We can reduplicate that. We don't want to reduplicate. We, we want what he wants for every service. We want to come in and say what you want for us, what, this, what you want to deposit in us, the way you want us to go. This morning, I preached something totally different than I planned to preach. I, but it was what the Spirit wanted. Amen. Amen. It came out to fit the people who were in the room. Yes. Hallelujah. The people who were pulling, the people who came with a need, got a deposit. Amen. Amen. But why? Because the, the Holy Spirit has the way to just bring things out that deal with, and, and not through the knowledge of the person, but through the knowledge of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So this is what we're talking about. The demonstration of the Spirit is not always outward manifestations. It would be inappropriate to only say the Holy Spirit moved when there's a certain type of manifestation. When it's just as much the Holy Spirit in, in the teaching flow. The teaching flow is just as much the Holy Spirit as when there are there are shoutings and dancings or, or, or people, people experiencing or a, a manifestation. That doesn't mean it's not the Holy Spirit when people are just sitting in their seat getting answers. Yeah. That's the Spirit Amen. of God. Amen. Amen? So we want to recognize and be spiritually mature enough to say that was the flow of the Spirit. Well, what happened? We all got answers. The, the, the word went forth. Yeah. Amen? So we're not trying to say that we want to come in here and make the Holy Spirit go in a certain way. Instead, we want to come in here and learn to flow with Him because the way that He is going to flow is going to profit us. I'm looking for a specific note that I want to share with you. It just came up to me and I'm going to share it with you. How many of you know who Cheryl Salem is? She was uh, um, Miss America, and uh, she is also a great minister of the gospel. And we were, um, <clears throat> she was ministering, her and her husband were ministering at the Kansas location, and we had taken some time to ask them some questions. And I was asking about worship, and there was a certain testimony she had given about how that when she when she was traveling and singing, right after she, uh, she, she had done her time in Miss America, and then she would go into a lot of churches for some years after that and minister, and minister in song. And there was a certain song, she said, I began to recognize that when I would sing this certain song, it would cause the power of God to fall, and so when I was singing, if the people were not responding to me the way that I thought they should respond, I would give a cue to my assistant to move that song up on the list. Okay? So 
she's learning to flow with the Spirit of God and she's recognizing that in different situations, in different times in the services, people aren't responding the way she thinks they needed to respond. And so she was going to do something that would trigger for the Holy Spirit to move in that situation. And one day the Lord called her on the carpet about it. He reprimanded her for that. And she said this. He told her, um, you are mature enough in the Spirit to know the difference between me leading you and you leading me. He said, you are trying to use that song to force me to move in a, in a situation, to force me to move in that congregation. And so he reprimanded her and, and said, you are mature enough to know the difference between me leading you and you leading me. Hallelujah. So this is where we want to learn. And as a church family, we've got to grow together in knowledge. We've got to grow together in learning how to respond to the Spirit, learning how to recognize. And we've got to allow... Um, we've got to be allowing those times to be teaching moments for us. I have often told Pastor Steele, because I don't think he realizes because it's so natural to him that not everyone knows how to follow the leading of the Spirit. And, you know, in, in, the, in the service, for instance, last Sunday, when Pastor looked, it was so quiet, he looked at me and said, if you will walk over and lay your hand on Sister Wanda. Well, it was so calm, it was so quiet, none of us expected what happened to happen. As the Holy Spirit picked us up and, 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 and yes, yes, hallelujah. Now here's what I came out of that with. How did he know? How did the Holy Spirit identify to him? Who needed to do what to have that, that divine connection, that flow? I, I, that's the question I have. How did he pick that up? When and, and you'll notice there will be times when he's preaching and, and he will stop and it's, I'll tell you what he's doing. He's putting an antenna up. He's picking something up on that antenna and he's like, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's telling him and now I'm checking. Now I'm wanting clarity on that. Now I'm looking for direction. How do I make that happen? Hallelujah. We are all a part of this manifestation of the Spirit that profits. And as we pray throughout the week, as we stay full throughout the week and we come into the sanctuary full, we can go so much farther. We can go so much farther in Revelation. We can come ready to receive so much greater understanding. So he says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, 
to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Notice that one's plural. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally, so you can believe God for more than one manifestation or distribution of the Spirit, severally, but it's not as you will. You don't get to pick them. You don't get to go put in your list and say, give me, uh, give me the word of wisdom. I'll take the, um, yeah, I don't think I want that discerning of spirits things. Yuck. Okay. How about gifts of healing? I'll take that. No, we don't get to place our order. It's as he wills. Our part is to learn how to be full because if, if we're in a condition where we are spiritually drained already, we're not going to have any supply to bring. We're not going to be in a condition where he's going to, to be able to get us to move, to get us to respond, to get us to be uh, spiritually aware of what he's telling us to do. So the more we stay full throughout the week, the more prepared we are to have something to profit with all, to have something to participate with. And these are as he wills, as he wills. Notice how many times it used the phrase by the Spirit, by the same Spirit, by the Spirit, by the same Spirit, as he wills. Because they're not our gifts. There was someone who came in and, and had seen Pastor, it was, uh, there was a, a man who had come into the sanctuary and afterwards, uh, uh, it was Dwayne's cousin, if you remember, um, uh, help me remember his name, Petty. His, his last name was Petty. No, it was, it was uh, Dwayne Pennington, or Daryl Pennington's brother, it was Dwayne Petty, Daryl Pennington's cousin. He had come to the church, someone had invited him, he was a drug dealer in town. And uh, actually in the Kansas City, Kansas area. And so they brought him and, and uh, he was just kind of like, oh my God, and they brought me to this crazy church and these crazy church people. And he was not, in, it, well, he's standing there at the back ready to get out of there. You know, it, just get me out of here. And pastor walked back to him to say, hey, thanks for coming today. Uh, nice to meet you. And he's standing there and he said, suddenly the spirit of God just began to deal with him. He said, when you were a young man, you said this to the Lord, and he repeated, he said, you told the Lord this, this, and this. This happened to you, and as a result of that, you had decided such and such, and you told the Lord this. And by then, the man, his eyes went from being this big and wide to being full of tears because now God has told him something that only God knew. There's no way that Pastor Steele knew it. Because it is something, a conversation he had privately with the Lord when he was a young man. And he gave his life to the Lord that day and got saved. Amen? Well, there was someone who had seen a couple of instances where the Lord had used pastor that way. And then they come in the church. Oh, my gosh. I can't come in the church today. I can't come to church. Pastor's going to be able to... You know, he can't just... He, he's not a mind reader. This is not mind reading. 
This is not him being able to look at you and tell you everything you're thinking or everything you've done. This is the Spirit of God ministering and profiting people. Profiting people. Amen. Amen? And so it's to profit with, it's as the Spirit wills, and it's not weird. It's all through the Bible. There was the servant of Elijah, Gehazi, who went, Elisha, who went and, and, and got the goods from Naaman after the man of God had said, this is not the time to receive. He went back and, and lied. And when he came in, he said, what? What? What did I do? What did I do? And he said, did not my, my heart go with you? In other words, he was there seeing it as it took place by the Spirit. Hallelujah. All kinds of instances in the Word of God how God will minister by His Spirit, by His Spirit to put His people in a position to connect to the will of God. The one who God had instructed to go to pray for the Apostle Paul, who was at that time Saul, who was out persecuting the church, and Jesus appeared. Now he is over in Simon the Tanner's house. God spoke to Ananias and told him the house, the street name, whose house it was, said, and told him what he had already told Paul. So here's, here's God telling someone in prayer details in a supernatural way. Yeah. A supernatural way. Anybody ever heard of, of uh, Philip and Fern Halverson? Philip and Fern Halverson, I was listening. You can find um, audio on YouTube. If you just search their name on YouTube, a lot, somebody has posted a lot of their teachings. So interesting because I, I was listening to one where they were telling their testimony of how they were serving in their local church, they were committed in their local church, uh, they were, were in an assembly of God church, uh, believed in speaking in tongues, but they weren't seeing a lot of manifestation. And they had decided and committed in their tithing and in their offering a certain way. And they said, when we began to act on the word, it opened up a fullness for us in another area. And so her husband, he began to, in prayer, he would start praying out people's names. And, and praying out specific things for people in prayer. He would pray in tongues, and then he would, like, pray out their names. Well, her, their, their brother-in-law and sister came to visit from, uh, from uh, 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 probably another state away. They had come over to visit, and um, in the conversation, she was in the kitchen with her sister, and the, the brother law and her husband Philip Halverson were out in the carport and so while she was alone with her sister her sister said oh by the way pray for our uh, mortician in town he goes to our church and they came in this week and they found his wife unconscious in the hallway and they took her to the local hospital and the local hospital kept her overnight She's still unconscious in a coma and said, you need to take her to the big regional hospital. And from the regional hospital, they had sent her on to a major uh, 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 trauma center. 
And at, by that time, when they got her into this major hospital, they came to the conclusion that she had a brain aneurysm and they said, she's not going to make it. Uh, we're probably going to, you know, uh, she's probably going to die in a few days and, and uh, for whatever circumstances, he wasn't staying there in the hospital. This man wasn't staying there. He had to come back. And so they said, you know, we'll call you. You're probably, they knew him because he was a mortician. And they said, we're probably going to just be sending her body back to you. I mean, that's sad. And so this prayer request, and she said, oh, we'll pray, we'll pray. And she said, but I forgot. I forgot to tell my husband, and I forgot to pray about it. And that night when we were going to bed, she said, we prayed about other things, and we worshiped the Lord. And she said, we were, uh, you know, just finishing up worshiping the Lord, and he begins to pray in tongues. And as he's praying in tongues, then he begins to call out, this person's name and he begins to call out the hospital name and he begins to to call out about her condition and she's over here poking him because she's thinking that's the that's the prayer request and and she's poking him like she just told me that and she's thinking well maybe while they were out in the parking in the carport maybe he told him and so when he got done praying she said, did you know that person? He said, I've never heard of this person. I just got it in my spirit to pray this person's name and to pray this hospital. And she says, my sister just told me to pray this is the person who goes to their church. Well, um, two days later, they called the man and said, you know, come." he was at work during the day, so he wasn't at the hospital during the day. And they said, come pick her up. And he thought, so he took the hearse. He thought they were saying, you know, he's really sad. He's upset. He's, you know, uh, uh, floored. And he pulls up to the back where the, he normally pulls up with the hearse. There's nobody there knows anything about her name. So he goes into the hospital and he's about to go to the elevator to go up to the room he left her in. And she's sitting there fully dressed and said, what am I doing here? How did I get in the hospital? She came to 100% well. Hallelujah. 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 Profit with all. Manifestations of the Spirit to profit with all. We need the profit that the manifestations of the Spirit brings. So we need to prepare ourselves to cooperate when He desires to move in this way. Hallelujah. 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 As He wills. Go now back to chapter 14. Follow after charity. Follow after charity. So the church at Corinth had a love problem. They, they had a lack of love. And so he goes through all of chapter 13 and tells them this is the foundation for spiritual gifts. I just ex- described the spiritual gifts in chapter 12. But for these spiritual gifts to be effective, you need to have the motive of love behind them. And what has caused a, a derailment in some people's lives is that they think spiritual gifts are to make them look important. Or they think spiritual gifts are to make them look like they are valid in ministry. Or spiritual gifts are for these other purposes. And they're not. That's what the church of Corinth was experiencing, though they were having people who wanted to move in spiritual gifts, but they weren't walking in love. That's why God allows us to serve in the local church. That's why opportunities to serve 
some of the greatest opportunities to grow. I, I, I look at, at Pastor Larry Price and Pastor Marie Price. Pastor Marie, when I first met her, she was the youth pastor. Pastor Larry spent many years as a children's pastor. They both served in uh, other areas of, of the local church before God ever had the opportunity. He, he had to prepare them. He had to uh, uh, allow that, that commitment and that diligence in the serving and loving one another in the serving capacity to develop in them for what they're doing today. Hallelujah. It was the foundation for where they are today, pastoring their own church. Hallelujah. And that's because love is the foundation for spiritual gifts. If our motive isn't to love one another and to let the love of God uh, minister to people through us, it will, it will be taken off course. And so he goes through and says, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. And then he says this, but rather that you may prophesy. Well, let's identify what this means because we have in our society today a, a, um, a, uh, a, a, an area of study or an area of teaching that people call prophecy. But that's not the spiritual gift. When he says prophesy, he's not talking about prophecy that we know of in our culture today. So when we talk about prophecy, it's teaching about end times. It's teaching about the book of Daniel, teaching about the book of Revelation, teaching. And then people will say, well, I'm prophetic. That's not from the Bible. That's not a definition, a term and what they're saying is they, 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 that, that, that their flow is, is in a vein of what they're calling to be prophetic. But that's not this gift that he's identifying, the spiritual gift of prophecy, desire that you may prophesy. He's going to show us in the next verse what it really identifies. He says... He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God, for no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men. So now we've just identified that he's talking about speaking in tongues in a public assembly. Not you're speaking in tongues at home. Speaking in tongues at home is, is always appropriate. When you speak in tongues, it's for your edification. When you pray in tongues, it is, you'll see in this same chapter, he says that when you worship or bless with the Spirit, that you give thanks with the Spirit, you do well. Hallelujah. So, so the speaking in tongues in the public assembly, he says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries, but he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. That's why he is telling that church, desire this. Why? Because your goal needs to be to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. Mm -hmm. To edify, to exhort, and to comfort. If our motive is love, 
love for one another, dealing with each other, brothers and sisters. If we come into this sanctuary and look at each other as the family, this is our church family. God has brought us together as a family. We're going through our diff different situations in life as a family. We have each other to support each other and to strengthen each other and to pray with each other and to bring a spiritual supply. Amen. And so when we come together, the desire needs to be, I want to edify my brothers and sisters. Amen. I want to exhort. I want to comfort. So this, he that prophesies, that if it does, the gift of prophecy will produce edification, exhortation, and comfort. Amen. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, talking about in, with, speaking to yourself, edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. Amen. Well, you can read through this chapter and find out they were standing up and speaking in tongues, and nobody was giving an interpretation, so everybody was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> that was nice. But people, there was no understanding. And that's why he's telling them, I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the sanctuary, I would rather that you, you, you speak the words that can bring clarity and understanding. Yeah. Because the purpose of tongues is not unless the Spirit of God is moving to give a word in tongues with an interpretation. It's not appropriate just to... It would benefit if I just stood up here and spoke in tongues without an interpretation me and God yes. me and God be the only ones get anything out of that and until and then every the hearers wouldn't be edified right so that's what he's saying my purpose needs to be that I want to be used in the way that God has for me in a way that's going to bring this edification comfort and exhortation and then he said I would that you all spoke with tongues. I want that. I want that you all speak with tongues. But that you prophesied. So he's, he's identifying in this assembly, in the local church, there needs to be the edification. So I'm, I'm not telling everybody to get up and speak in tongues unless there's an interpreter. Yeah. Unless there can be someone that can interpret. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So... When we make aim, of all to be in unity, and then second of all, I want to be in unity with, with the church family, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And so that's not just a lack of, a lack of, of disagreement or strife. It's us being in synchronization, keeping step in the Spirit, working together towards the vision, the goal that God has given to this church family to build people's faith and to frame their worlds by the Word of God. We are faith builders. That's not just the name of our church. It's who we are. We are faith builders. And so not just to build our own faith, 
but we are builders of faith for other people as well. Amen? That's our vision. That's our vision. That's our assignment. That's what God has, has, has placed as the uh, marching orders for this house, for our, for our fellowship. Amen? To build faith. And to do that, we need the help of the Spirit. We need the manifestation of the Spirit. But we want the manifestation of the Spirit accurately. We want the, the manifestation of the Spirit in line with His purposes. So that means we need to be maintaining our fullness, maintaining our relationship with God, maintaining our spiritual strength, and, and coming in ready to move forward. Now, you saw in the announcements that Prophet Ford will be with us next Sunday morning, that in October we have Mylon and Christy Lefevre, we have uh, Sister Pat Harrison. These are supernatural divine appointments. Each of them will be t seasons, each of them will be times, strategic moments when the Holy Spirit is going to uh, insert some things into our church, deposit some things into our spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to be in prayer for utterances. Just like the Apostle Paul said, pray for me that God would give me utterance, boldness, that I may speak the word boldly. Hallelujah. We want to pray for these ministers to be able to speak to us from the offices they stand in. To speak to us, we've got Prophet Ford who is one of the most accurate uh, uh, examples of someone who stands in the office of a New Testament prophet. He is so accurate and, and, and grounded. Hallelujah. We've got uh, the Lefevers who have a, a evangelism, who are operating in that evangelistic flow. Hallelujah. And then Sister Pat Harrison, who uh, stands in, uh, she is definitely a general in the faith who can speak so much stability into our lives. So as we prepare, we've, we see God is doing some specific things. Let's be sensitive. Let's keep our focus on what He's doing. He's doing great things. And not be alarmed by what the world is trying to uh, uh, propagate into the great things that he Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for how you bring answers to us and you prepare us in advance. So as we bring our spiritual development in line with your plan, as we prepare our hearts to maintain a fullness, a spiritual fullness, yes, an accuracy, living purposefully and worthily to your walk. Father, we ask you for light yes. and instruction and, and stability. That as we flow in the Spirit, we flow in the Spirit in a stable way. We have the moving of your Spirit that brings the 
profit, the manifestations of your spirit that causes profit in the lives of the people it ministers to. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen to that.